0: You're listening to Workplace Perspective, an employment law podcast presented by Sapphire Legal. Workplace Perspective is a regular podcast series for employers and employees focusing on education, training, and the law to help organizations of all sizes develop and maintain successful workplace relationships. The opinions expressed by guests on Workplace Perspective do not necessarily reflect those of Sapphire Legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice. And now, here's your host, founder and principal attorney at Sapphire Legal, Teresa McQueen.
1: Thank you, James, and welcome everyone to Workplace Perspective, where we are striving to raise the bar at workplaces everywhere. Today, we're talking with Rita Marie Johnson, founder of The Connection Practice and an author of a best-selling Amazon book entitled Completely Connected, Uniting Our Empathy and Insight for Extraordinary Results. Rita Marie's connection practice focuses on the power of empathy and insight as a means of enhancing social-emotional intelligence. In a workplace context, empathy and insight, according to Rita Marie, combine to assist employers and employees by encouraging improvements in their communications and their social skills. Both concepts near and dear to our hearts here at Workplace Perspective. I am really excited to talk with Rita Marie and hear her thoughts and insights on this really interesting topic going to be a great show don't go away we'll be right back
0: the opinions expressed by guests on workplace perspective do not necessarily reflect those of sapphire legal or its attorneys and should not be considered legal advice you're listening to workplace perspective an employment law podcast presented by sapphire legal
1: welcome back to our listeners and welcome to workplace perspective rita marie johnson hi Teresa. hi welcome to the show we're really happy to have you
2: Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. So happy to to be your guest.
1: Well, why don't before we get started, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do?
2: All right. Well, as you said, I'm the creator of the Connection Practice, which is a skill that helps people resolve inner turmoil and also conflicts with others. So, this practice won the Ashoka Changemakers Innovation Award chosen from 79 projects in 32 countries. And it was really because of that uh, that I began teaching the connection practice at the United Nations University for Peace, which is a graduate school for international leaders. And then before long, I was teaching it to business people, educators, and counselors in the United States, Japan, Denmark, and some other countries. And now we have 150 certified connection practice trainers and it's spreading around the world. I'm so grateful for that and for example, this month I'm teaching a online course to people in South Africa, so it really is making its way around our world, even as we experience the coronavirus.
1: Yes, it's always on our minds isn't it this in, in, uh, in these days Well, those are very impressive credentials, and I am really interested in how your connection practice. Um, works to improve employer and employee relationships. And I know in preparing for the program, we talked a little bit about empathy and insight. And can you tell us a little bit more about when you talk about combining empathy and insight, how that helps to resolve conflicts in
2: the workplace? Sure. Well, when we have a conflict, the first step of the connection practice is to name our own feelings and needs and we understand that the language of feelings and needs moves us into empathy, and in this case, we're doing self-empathy. Then the next step is to guess the feelings and needs of the person that we're in conflict with, and this helps us shift into empathy for them. So after we're aware of the main needs of each person in the conflict, the next step is to access an insight that will help us to move forward then. To do that, we teach people something called heart-brain coherence. Now, for those who haven't heard of heart-brain coherence, it's simply when the heart and brain are in sync, when they're working together so that we're actually able to think at our very best. There's three simple steps for moving into coherence. You focus down into your heart, and then you breathe as if breathing through the heart, and then you generate a feeling of appreciation for something that is easy for you, something that's completely positive, something that just makes your heart sing. And we know that in doing those three steps, physiologically, you're shifting into heart-brain coherence, it's measurable. We have biofeedback software that measures it. So after you move into that state, then you just quietly to yourself ask, what do I need to know about this conflict? And you quietly listen inside, and you're very likely to access an insight. So that's the essence of the practice. It's a really short course there, uh, but that is how it works. S-
1: something you said. You said when you start doing this, you are are naming a need, and then I think you said you're you're guessing the the needs of the other person. Is that accurate? Mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to yes. misquote you. Okay,
2: so that's right. Is, it's called respectful guessing. In other words, we're not analyzing that person. We're not like uh, telling them what they need. We're doing this just for ourselves. This is not when we're in front of the other person. This is when we're processing it so that we can go back to the other person and be able to work the conflict out from a conscious place. Okay. Instead of unconscious reaction. Oh, go ahead. Well, in other words, there's several different ways or many different ways, I should say, to use the connection practice. One way is to work it out yourself, so that you can then go and work it out with the person. Or you can actually do it with the person in the moment, you know, if you're skilled at it, or if you have a mediator, someone who knows the connection practice that can help you. So it can be used, um, you know, by one person at a time, by two people in a conflict, by a whole group in a conflict. So it's very flexible that way.
1: That's interesting. I like the idea that it is this idea that it's flexible. So if you're someone who if you're a planner and you have to you really have to think things through and know what you're going to say and have a plan going in to talk to someone about something that's potentially a conflict, that you can do that on your own. And then if you're someone who's very outgoing and you can you know, you're much more confident in in confronting this individual and and working through the issues together. Uh, face-to-face without, you know, kind of on the fly. That's, that's really interesting. So mm-hmm. give, us a, give us a bit of an example maybe about how you sort of use this technique uh, in a business context to help resolve conflict because mm-hmm. I think that'll help people get their arms around what,
2: what it is you're really talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. So at one time, um, our business became partners with another organization that involved sharing a property. And when the other organization couldn't afford to share that property any longer, they wanted to create a new agreement. So one of their leaders met with me to work this new agreement out, and let's just call him Victor. So when Victor and I started talking, I was a little surprised that he was gossiping (laughs) about people that we both knew and then talking about personal things in his life. And when I tried to bring up restructuring our partnership, he said – your work won't go anywhere without us. So, whoa, wow. I couldn't believe he said that. And at any rate, this meeting ended without any progress being made. I was so taken aback by his behavior. I didn't really know him previous to this. And so now I was facing the next meeting with him, but this time I was determined to be better prepared. And so I, I did my connection practice in advance of meeting with them. This is an example where one person does it to be better prepared for a conflict. So in doing my practice, I started out by naming my feelings. I felt resentful. I felt frustrated and nervous. And my needs were emotional safety, trust, and progress. So of those three needs, my main need really was progress. I just wanted to get this thing worked out. And then I had to guess Victor's feelings. And I imagined that he was probably feeling pretty worried and stressed right now and that his needs might be understanding and security because his organization was going through a a tough time financially. And also I had the feeling that he needed to matter. Just from the way he'd interacted with me, I had this sense that this man had a deep need to matter. And so just in naming that need, guessing it, I didn't know for sure that's what it was, but just in guessing it, I suddenly felt kinder toward him. So now it was clear on our needs, my need for progress and his need to matter, I was guessing, but I still needed an insight about how to move this thing forward. So I went into this coherent state where I focused down in my heart, I was breathing as if breathing through my heart, generating a feeling of appreciation down in my heart, and I listened for an insight. And my insight that came kind of surprised me. It was less is more. Well, I'd heard those words before, but they'd never come out of my mouth before. So it was really kind of a interesting thought that I had that just popped out, less is more. So I took it seriously because I do take my insight seriously, and I looked at my outline for my upcoming meeting with Victor, and I saw I had five requests in it, so I worked on it and I got it down to one request. Then I went to the meeting with Victor, but this time I had an intention to let him know that he mattered. So as he talked about things that were off the subject, I just gave him empathy. I just was subtly guessing his feelings and needs under his comments, and and he was responding saying, yes, that's right yes, exactly, and nodding his head. And so then I finally asked him my one request. Well, he said, sure, and we can do this, and we can do this too, and we can do this. And so because I acted on that insight, I got my need for progress met and I think Victor got his need to matter met too. So that was one of my wonderful examples of the connection practice helping me out.
1: Rita, that was a great example. I loved how that worked out. This is, for us, a great time to take a break. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, more thoughts from Rita.
2: COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay at home and away from other sick people, except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you.
1: If you enjoyed today's show do this share us like us give us a review on your favorite podcast app it sure means a lot to us and it ensures that more people tune in and raise the bar at workplaces everywhere
0: and with that let's pick it back up with Teresa and her guest
1: welcome back everyone Rita, I've been reading a lot uh, about sort of the emotional impacts of this shelter in place order and the toll that it's taking uh, on everyone, including uh, employers and employees. And as I think about it, there's just a common theme uh, for me that's coming through with my clients and my colleagues. And it's this fear that employees are really expressing now about continuing to work in this COVID-19 environment or some are being now designated as essential when they weren't before and they're facing returning to the workplace. And I would just really love to hear your thoughts on how employers and employees might sort of work to kind of openly discuss and attempt to kind of resolve these fear issues without negatively impacting the workplace relationship. Mm-hmm. Sure.
2: I. I've been thinking about that too. And, you know, the challenge is that employers and employees tend to get stuck in thinking about what the other person should do. You know, the the employer should be more supportive or the employee should be more loyal and just overcome the fear. So this kind of judgmental thinking creates disconnection and it can be very destructive in the workplace. And then, you know, just adding the fear Of the coronavirus in other words this is always destructive to have this kind of judgmental thinking but when you add in the fear of the coronavirus you can just imagine how that judgmental thinking could escalate in a conversation between an employer and employee so to prevent that you need a tool that keeps both parties needs on the table very clearly in a very grounded way and because of that I would really recommend using connection practice magnetic boards because these things are visual and tactile. It makes it real easy for two people to come together and put all that they're feeling and needing literally out on the table. It's like taking all of this fear and confusion that's going on inside you and putting it out on the table in a way that creates tremendous emotional safety and at the same time objectivity. One of these boards has the steps of the connection practice and the other board has feelings and needs magnets that each individual move into place as they do this together. So we know from the neuroscience, Teresa, that when people name their feelings and needs, it releases their negative feeling. It has an impact on the amygdala of the brain and the fight and flight response. So naming the feelings and needs is going to help them release those negative feelings. Yet many people have difficulty naming their feelings and needs. So these boards make it real easy for them because all they have to do is find the words that express their feelings and needs and move them into place on the board. Then after each person has identified a main need, both people can close their eyes, move into this state of coherence that I was telling you about, and each seek an insight about the situation that they're facing together. And then once they open their eyes, they share what came to them. So it's amazing how this process will connect the two people empathically and creatively because they're both able to access now their best thinking. They've released the negative feelings. They're accessing their best thinking. So then it's easier for them to talk about any strategies that they need to to come to, to come to an agreement about that meet the needs of each person. But if they had tried to talk about the strategies without getting connected first, chances are they could have gotten into a worse conflict. So I basically would just recommend using every step of the connection practice to navigate through these fearful times. And I especially recommend doing it in a grounded way, something that creates emotional safety because each person sees that they're going to get equally heard you could say so that's what i wish for everybody right now frankly because the connection practice is helping me so much and all my trainers we talk frequently and it it's really helping us all get through this
1: i like about that is this idea that they're both coming at it with different sets of fears so these employees are having fears about their health about their family's health about their well-being Employers are looking at it from the aspect of they're either getting pressure to get these employees back to work, um, Mm -hmm. and they're looking at, you know, the the business aspects of it and um, the pressures that they're feeling there that employees don't really
2: understand. Exactly. And the thing is, it's really all about emotional safety. You know, everybody's having problems feeling safe. And so, when then, on top of not feeling safe, they're getting into these uh, conflicts, uh, they really need a tool that's going to help them to feel emotionally safe enough to work something out that's mutually agreeable. So, that's why I say, uh, you know, in the past, we used cards with feelings and needs on them that helped literally put the feelings and needs on the table. Now we use these boards. It's just quite magical, really, I have to say, Teresa, to help people who have such a hard time expressing themselves and getting down to uh, feelings and needs at the human level where we get connected heart-to-heart, and when we get connected at that level, then it's it's okay to use our intellect to work out a strategy to figure out what's going to be some kind of win-win here, but if we only get connected at the intellectual level, then it's likely that could fall apart tomorrow. (laughs) In other words, when we come to a deep understanding, when we truly have empathy for each other and we also engage together in coming up with creative insights about it, it's just so bonding. It brings us together instead of tearing us apart.
1: That's some really great insight. Thank you so much, Rita Marie, for joining us today. Um, That's our show for today. I want to thank you for joining me and for sharing your thoughts and your expertise with our listeners. If you want to learn more about Rita Marie and the Connection Practice, you can find them on the web at www.connectionpractice.org. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N-P-R-A-C-T-I-C-E dot O-R-G. You can also connect with Rita via our website at sapphirelegal.com slash podcast. I want to also thank our listeners, My Radio Angels, James and the Nave at Night, and Workplace Perspectives Team Extraordinaire, Engineer Producer Paul Ra- Roger. Our associate producer, Melissa DeLacy. The music provided by the very talented Stephen Brissoloni. Thank you all for joining us on Workplace Perspective. And until next time, keep raising the bar.